Good evening, everyone, and happy Wednesday to you. It's great to see you here tonight. For all of you that are joining us here on campus, we would like to say welcome. And for those of you that are joining us via live stream, welcome to you as well. Just want to give you a few announcements this evening. Uh, first of all, we want to remind you that uh, Sunday, September 3rd, this coming Sunday, child dedications will be held in our 11 a.m. service. And then on Monday, the following Monday, September 4th, begins our 21 days of sacrifice, and that will run through Sunday, September 24th. And we hope all of you can join us for this season of consecration. Tuesday, September 5th, we will have first Tuesday evening prayer here in the sanctuary at 7.30. And then as we've been announcing, a date to remember, Sunday, September 17th, Dr. Rhea Cooper will be speaking in our 11 a.m. service. So please keep note of all of those things. And as always, you can stay up to date on everything happening here at Grace Church via our church app or by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. Amen. Stand with me this evening before pastor comes. We're just going to pray. Lord, I, I want to thank you tonight just for your goodness. You are so good. You are a good father. You are good to me. You have been good to my family, and you have been good to Grace Church. Lord, whenever there are things going on that I don't understand, you are good. Whenever there are answers that I'm looking for and they don't seem clear, you are good. Whenever there are things happening in my body that I would rather not be happening, you are good. Lord, whenever there are issues going on in my family that I hate to see, you are good. Lord, whenever wonderful things happen on the job and I have a conversation that I didn't expect to have and it lifts my spirit, you are good. Whenever I hear a word from a sermon or a testimony and it just speaks to me out of the blue, you are good. Lord, in all things, you are good and I trust in your goodness. And I just want you to hear that from me tonight, Lord. You're a good God and you have been good to me and I have no reason to doubt your goodness to me in the future. Amen. God bless you this evening. As pastor comes, you can be seated. It's good to see all of you here tonight. And as always, thank you so very much for being here. And uh, I pray that God has been a blessing to you this so far this week, and um, you have felt very confidently that you're in the hands of the Lord, and um, I have felt that way this week, still do, and I'm thankful for the presence of God that's real and existent in my life. No, Brother Jason just made announcements, but I want to really um, make an effort to remind you of how special Sunday, September the 17th is going to be, has the potential of being with Dr. Rhea Cooper, and uh, we trust that you're all making plans to be here. Thank the Lord. I know you just sat down, and I'm going to ask you to stand one more time. Um, I'd like for us to have prayer tonight for the western, western part of our state. I just talked to, to Brad. He just arrived back into town from being over there firefighting. Uh, 
I'm going to show you some pictures of that in just a moment. But uh, been firefighting, just arrived back into town at 4 o'clock um, and believes that there's some containment. And I'm very thankful to hear that. Aren't you thankful we prayed for rain Sunday and we got rain Monday? And uh, I'm very thankful for that. And uh, he said that it, it, it even rained in that area Monday evening as well and, and helped him tremendously. And I thank God for hearing and answering prayer. Um, I'd like for us to go to, to prayer again. And um, I'd like for us to pray for that situation again. I'd like to pray for Brad tonight. Uh, he may have to go back, but I'd like for us to pray that God gives him peace and uh, comfort, uh, that God gives him strength and causes him to have a, a quick recovery. I can't imagine the pressure uh, there is in, in fighting something like that, obviously trying to save lives trying to save people's homes and businesses and, and land. And I'm thankful for people like that. That'll take on a job of that magnitude and fight it with all of their might and with all of their know-how. In addition to that, I've been all day long today. I've had, especially I've had Brooke and Jeremy on my mind. They've been going through and battling a very tough time, especially with their dad. Uh, he has been close to death several times is still hanging on and uh, Brooke has been in touch with Sister Murphy consistently through this time but I'd like for us to pray for them and their families that God would just intervene and uh, minister to them in ways that only God can and I've learned to trust that through the years there's a lot of things people can do doctors can do and all of that but there's only things that God can do and the things that God does there's no substitute for so I'd like for us to pray for Brad, all of his fellow workers, all the people that are fighting these fires, and if we could pray for um, Brooke and Jeremy Sandlin tonight. So let's pray one more time, if you will. Jesus, we love you tonight, and we're thankful for the privilege, the opportunity to call on you. We're thankful for the amazing presence of God that is so evident invisible and prominent in our lives we're thankful God that you're an ever-present help in the time of trouble we're certainly thankful for the rain that you blessed us with over the past couple of days we're so thankful for that and we pray God for these parts of our state that's is just being taken hostage if you will by this this terrible eventuality and I pray God that you bless those that are fighting it those that are standing the line that are out there that are putting their lives at risk that you'd give them wisdom knowledge and that your hand would be made manifest in them through them pray for the sandlins tonight god you know where brooke and jeremy are in this tough time of trial that they've been through with her dad i pray god that your hand of your hand would be made manifest that you would comfort them that you would strengthen them that you would give them and bless them with the things that they need bless their family their children and we pray for her dad that you would touch his body that you would touch his mind that you would minister to his doctors that god your will would be done that the will of god would be performed we trust in these things we ask it in jesus name everybody say amen thank the lord god bless you you may be seated
Celeste, it's great to see you here tonight. And I thank you for being here, uh, you and your two kids. And um, you're more than welcome to be here tonight at Grace Church. <clears throat> I have had a somewhat of a peculiar burden, a peculiar stirring, I guess, in my heart and all day long today. Um, I, I usually try to have my sermon notes to the people that take care of that by a certain time prior to each service and I texted today and said I'm really struggling and um, I still am but I, and it's not over what to say tonight but it's about what I believe God has impressed me to say and uh, so I want to present to you tonight what I believe God has given me and um, we'll see how the service wraps up it may end up with a dismissal while you're seated. It may end up with a dismissal after praying around the altar for some time. We'll put it in God's hands and see how it goes. I want to read tonight from Hebrews chapter 6, beginning with verse 15. The Bible said, And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men verily swear by the greater an oath for confirmation is to them an end of all strife wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie we have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us, which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast, and which entereth into that within the veil. I want to lift that statement out of verse 19, and it's what I would focus on tonight. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. I want to speak to all of you here tonight about the necessity of an anchor. I have been troubled for a number of months. Uh, it seems like more and more our families here at Grace Church are under attack, continue to be under attack. Uh, family splitting up. Uh, there's more to that number that I care to mention tonight. And then surrounding us on the outside of the church is a very difficult and challenging time. And we may not feel it in our physical lives, but I think all of us would admit tonight that nobody knows what tomorrow is going to hold. We have a very fragile economy we have a very fragile political system. We're living in a world tonight, a, a world tonight that is so fragile. Government leaders don't seem to be as stable as they should be. And uh, any mistake could be made, any deliberate action could be made from countries abroad 
and then even to countries close to us. I know we've heard it all of our lives. If you're younger than me, you've heard it all of your life. Most people even older than me have heard it all of their lives, but we're living in the end time. And why I believe that is so relevant to say is if people thought 70, 50, 60, 70 years ago that we were living in the end time, then how much more are we living in the end time? And just because the rapture has not taken place by now does not mean that it's not going to. Uh, not only is our economy stressful, our government is stressful, we, you could go on and on, but even this year and even last winter, we've seen how climate can really cause a lot of stress. After the drought, the heat dome has possessed the Middle Eastern, the Middle Western part of our country from our Gulf Coast all the way to the Great Lakes, and no rain, crops have been lost. We know there will be price increases in groceries and things. It's, it's happening already. It's been happening. We'll probably continue to spiral uh, upward out of control. And who knows what's coming next. I'm not trying to be negative here tonight, but it's just a reminder, as though you need one, of where we're living tonight. And I believe the things that's going on in our country and even around the world, has set a platform for Jesus' return just whenever he wants to tell Gabriel, go ahead and blow the trumpet. Uh, let's, let's get on with, with my plan. <clears throat> What's going on in our state with the fires and all that have been very troubling. And uh, just strictly to show you how volatile of times we've lived in. I never thought I'd live in a time when the state of Louisiana, where it would be so dry, that you would literally go to jail for burning something in your yard, understandably so. They're very serious about it. I never thought we'd see, what did you say, 50-plus thousand acres have burned um, here in our state. Uh, Brad sent me some pictures uh, Monday or Tuesday of this week. I'll share them with you. This is what he was facing. There's one, a road they were on, you can see the fire in the distance. And uh, he said it was so hot they were having to back up, and plus the threat of the fire coming so quickly, they had to back up from that point. I told him before church that looked exactly to me what I would picture hell as, standing before God and say, Depart from me, I never knew you. Go down that road and take a jump. That's what that looks like to me. He sent some more pictures. He sent one more. You can see things burning we'll go to the next one you can see things burning here they're they're worried about the fire leaping across the street uh, they were doing everything they could to prevent that from happening to at least use the street as a barrier to keep it contained but I'd like to show you a picture tonight brother James sent me this this past week I had seen it but he sent it to me and it, it goes into what I was saying tonight about the necessity of an anchor this is a church on on Maui when that, that area was burning so badly uh, several weeks ago I kept looking at that church I showed the picture to Sister Merv and uh, we visited Maui I believe for our 25th wedding anniversary maybe it was the 20th and we actually rode by that church 
And it's interesting that virtually everything around that church burned, but that church was somehow spared. And it shows the necessity of having an anchor in your life. Lord Alfred Tennyson said, cast all your cares on God. That anchor holds, he said. So in an age of great change, when morality is horribly and miserably scoffed at, when at times the world even encroaches the borders of the church, and it has, when the stern paths of righteousness are frequently avoided, men and women have chosen substitute anchors to try to hold them in place in the choppy seas of life, the uncertain times of life. They try to build their bridge over troubled water. Because of the lack of anchors in the lives of people, Men and women often spend themselves in perilous pursuits. There's the search for significance, a search for some semblance of value as they live out their lives. Because wrong anchors are chosen, life loses its value. It loses its purpose. Life becomes no more than a seeming quest for life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. If you're married here tonight, would like to be married, would like to stay married, you're going to have to have an anchor in your life that goes more beyond possessions, goes more beyond a bank account, goes more beyond an insurance policy. There's going to be turbulent times in all of our lives, and it's imperative that we have an anchor that can hold us steady, an anchor that is sure. The word anchor only appears four times in the Bible in four verses. Yet the writer makes an allusion to this word when he wrote to the Hebrews. He said there is nothing like having the Creator to be able to anchor the soul. In other words, there's a lot of things that you can put your trust in. And depending on the nature of what you may be going through or experiencing, those anchors may hold. But there are circumstances and situations that only God is sufficient, that only God is able and powerful enough. I want all of our young people to plug into what I'm saying. The anchor is Jesus. God manifested himself in human form. There are many biblical anchors that hold your life and mine together. And here are only a few. First of all, there is truth that is an anchor. The truth is there is one God. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God is one. His name is Jesus. Salvation is true. I believe in repentance and water baptism and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. I've seen it change the lives of too many people for me to deny its truth and validity outside of the fact that the Word of God says it. 
There's also a righteous living that anchors the soul. There are, there are things in the Bible. There are statements and verses and what have you in the Bible that if you know them, if you practice them, they can be sustaining. The fruit of the Spirit is very sustaining, living out the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. This is the first real anchor that you can implement in your life that will hold you. The second thing is there's hope. There's hope. Where there is life, there's hope. There's hope of salvation. There's hope of healing. There's hope of deliverance. There's hope of encouragement. There's hope of inspiration. There's hope of revelation. And the list goes on and on and on. The, the third part of this is there are promises. There are promises. I'm sure all of us, if you'll take a moment and think, will testify that, yes, I have seen the promise of God come to pass in my own life. Has anybody here tonight ever sinned and God gave you forgiveness? That's a promise that He has kept and you are a witness of that promise. And I could go on and on and on. We understand that from promises from God to man, the Bible contains over 6,000 of them. The fourth thing that we cling to tonight is faith. If there's no faith, then that person is terribly in trouble. God has given to everybody he has seen to it that every man, woman, boy, and girl born on this planet has been given a measure of faith. So we can identify who the anchor is and we can identify how that anchor is made manifest in our lives with the things that I've just mentioned. But what I want us to understand tonight in the necessity of an anchor is to understand the purpose of it. And I would that everybody would, would pay attention tonight. The anchor that I'm talking about, that divine presence in your life that holds you. It doesn't matter how old or young you are. It doesn't matter how rich or poor you are. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter where your natural presence is. It doesn't matter if you're on vacation or at home. It doesn't matter if you're at work or out one night for dinner. As long as you embrace with faith the purpose of the anchor, it is an ever-present help. It is an ever-present help. Some may feel the identity of the anchor is not necessary. Some may say, well, an anchor is an anchor. But it's necessary for you to know tonight as a child of God who is that anchor. The anchor is not just a thing. It's not an object. It's a person. It's a presence. And the presence has all power. When you consider the purpose of an anchor, then you'll understand the necessity of it. The Jesus anchor 
that I'm talking about tonight has the capacity to hold the wind tossed, the storm torn. It has the ability to hold the weary sailor. The weary traveler can find rest in the most perilous times of life. So even in times of parable, the anchor has the ability to hold the person in whom it dwells. We understand, and, and, and it's been debated actually with the Navy and, and uh, maritime people, that there is talk about the purpose of an anchor when you're going through a storm. There's a small group of sailors that says it's best to just let the anchor rest in the stern. Just let it rest in the ship. Don't let it down. Because if the, if the ship is being held, then it can be blown apart. But if you just leave the anchor reeled in aboard the ship, then the ship can go with the storm and be blown wherever the storm chooses to blow it. But across the board, the vast multitude of sailors will tell you that they would not want to be on a ship that is fully equipped with an anchoring system going through a storm without those anchors let down all the way to the bottom of the ocean as far as they can go and let them dig in hard and let them get a grip, let them find lodging among the rocks so that that ship will stay steady. It'll stay sure in its location. It won't be blown off of its path. It won't be turned around from the right direction it was headed. A maritime sailors across the globe believe that an anchor is best when it's let down. I've come to understand, particularly this year and even since COVID, is there's been a number of people that have sat in my office on numerous occasions for various reasons, most of it due to marriage, that have that anchor on the inside of them. They just don't let it down. <laughs> they have that anchor that says, I know Jesus is with me. I know that I have his presence in me. And so my question is, where is your faith? And they choose to say, they elect to say of their own volition that I have other means. I have other things. I will remind you again of a man that told me a number of years ago when I'm going through a problem, I know God is flooded with problems, so I'm not going to flood him with mine. And I've watched that man go down under the water so many times. I don't know how he's even surviving to this day, to be honest with you, on a number of different levels uh, because he refused to have possession of security, to be in possession of a greater power, to be in possession of someone who can hold you, whether the storm is blowing or not, and refuse to let down the anchor, refuse to have that heartfelt prayer meeting refuse to have that moment of travail and intercession I will handle it myself I'll go to a doctor I'll go to an attorney I'll go to a friend I'll go to a companion I'll go here and I'll go there I'll take drugs if I have to I'll take I'll drink alcohol if I have to but even though I feel like I'm in possession of the power of the Holy Ghost, I refuse to embark upon that as a solution to holding me through a perilous time. The 
The vast majority of seaworthy sailors determined that the anchor should be dropped to the depths. The anchor should find lodging among the rocks, thus holding the ship in a steady position throughout the tossing. The anchor holds, and it keeps the ship from capsizing. The great howling around the ship, the creaking of the timbers, the tremors of the mast are all a physical part of the storm, yet the anchor holds. I want to mention again, as I mentioned to you this past Sunday, when Jesus sent his disciples across the sea, he did not put them in a vehicle. He did not put them in a vessel that was not just seaworthy, but stormworthy. He knew whatever, whenever he told them that I will send you to the other side without me. The vessel that you will be in will hold you. I want to submit to somebody here tonight. You can try alcohol, you can try drugs, you can try cheating on your spouse, you can try whatever you want to try to get out of your problem, to get out of your trouble. You can divorce your spouse, but still I, I, I proclaim with everything in me that if you possess the power of the Holy Ghost, there is not a greater thing on the inside of you that can accomplish victory for your life outside of that. Everything else is a gamble. Everything else is a risk. If somebody here tonight would grab a hold of an altar and get in a prayer room somewhere and determine, I'm not going to leave here until God assures me that I'm going to be okay. I'm not going to turn my back. I'm not going to walk away because on the inside of me is all the power I need to sustain me through this time. I think of people that I know, known many elders. Excuse the expression, you understand it, and I don't mean it in a, a bad way, but have seemingly been to hell and back. People have kissed death on the mouth. I think often of Brother Greg Aldbritton and all the trial that man has been through. You heard him here a few weeks ago. Great attitude, great spirit. You know why? It's because he learned a long time ago how to take that anchor on the inside of him named Jesus and said, I'm going through a turbulent time. I'm going to drop it to the bottom of the sea. And when all of this is over, I'm going to be right where I dropped it because God is holding me in the palm of his hand. I don't have to backslide. I don't have to get bitter. I don't have to get crossways with God. I don't have to blame doctors. I don't do all of that because I've got an anchor on the inside of me and it's going to keep me. It's going to hold me. It's a necessity of an anchor. Peter said in his epistle, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as you're partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad with exceeding joy. If you be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are you, for the spirit of glory and of God rest upon you. And on their part, he, he is evil spoken of, but on your part, he is glorified. Jesus said in John 16, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. That tells me tonight that the anchor can relieve the dread of destruction. The anchor of Jesus Christ is of such quality that no matter how strong the storm is, the heavier the strain that comes upon it, it holds, it holds, grows deeper and firmer. The storm, no matter how great, does not drive men from Jesus. It merely anchors their soul to him. Can hold you. 
there's some have been through such peril. There's others that's been through such prosperity. Blessed more than you can count. Blessed more than you realize. Prospered during times when very few other people were prospering. Blessed with wonderful homes and automobiles and a wonderful bank account. Blessed, blessed, blessed. Sometimes as much as trouble drives people away, prosperity can do the same thing. You reach a point where I've got X number of dollars and I've got X number of possessions and I've got a great family and I've got great kids and I've got great this and I've got great that. It becomes apparent sometimes to some that I don't even need God anymore. I've seen it happen. I've seen it happen all of my life. There are certainly times that the sailor would drop his anchor. Notice this. Not only would a sailor drop his anchor during a storm, but when they realize there's great wealth under that ship, they'll drop the anchor because they want to stay there and harvest as much of the wealth of the sea as they can. I'm not a fisherman. I'll readily admit it. I can't even talk a good talk when it comes to it. But I have been fishing enough. I went fishing one time in brackish water, part salt, part fresh water, with Johnny Mitchell. And he had a depth finder on his boat, but that depth finder also would spot fish some kind of way. Or at least that's what he said it did. I didn't find it to be, at least the one he had, maybe it was a long time ago, was not awfully reliable. Maybe, maybe they make them now where they are more reliable. But I will tell you this. I was fishing with him one Saturday morning. Marcus and I were fishing. Marcus was 12, 13 years old, and the point of the trip was to take him fishing. We hit a spot. Brother Mitchell called it a honey hole. There were more fish there than you could imagine. You would bait your hook, cast it out, and that hook would hit the water and just keep on going, bobber and all. It just, it, it, the bobber never had a time to float. It just went right out of sight. You pulled a little bit, reeled it in, baited the hook, threw it back. Sometimes you could even use the same bait. The poor fish didn't even have time to take a good swallow, and he was reeled up into the boat. Did you think we passed up that spot? to go look for something else I want to encourage somebody here tonight when you're experiencing a time of blessing when you're experiencing a time where you're prospering when things are going well in your life that's where you drop an anchor and you wave a hand and say thank you Jesus I'm just going to park right here for a while and count my blessings thank you brother Cooper for introducing some service tonight with a prayer that said God has been good to me God has been good to me God has been good to me there's a reason I stay in the same pot in the same place it's because I just keep reeling in the blessing of God on every side and I'm going to stay right here and inherit and be blessed by the powerful overflow of God's spirit amen everybody say amen There are times in life that God wants us to stay directly where we are. Nothing that God does is without purpose. He does not suddenly entrust men to a great soul overnight. Great buildings are not built overnight. They are built nail by nail, board by board, brick by brick. Great souls will find themselves 
uh, time static without any seeming growth. Yet God, who has determined the purpose for our life, directs that the anchors remain down in the depths. There are great treasures that are yet to be found. Jesus said in Luke 21, in your patience, everybody say patience. In your patience, you possess your soul. When you have found that honey spot in your life, just stay parked for a while and let God continue to bless. Patience is one of the processes of making of a child of God. Keep the anchors buried because there may be some great reasons that we've been placed in such a place. I want you to notice tonight, and I've not taught on it in a long time, but the fruit of the Spirit bears that out. There's three parts to the fruit of the Spirit. The first part has to do with our relationship with God, which is love, joy, and peace. The second part of it has to do with our fellow men, which is long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. You just put up with a lot of stuff out of your fellow man sometimes. Sometimes you put up with a lot of stuff out of your pastor. That's reciprocated, by the way. And then there's faith, meekness, and temperance, which has to do with yourself. These things are a great blessing from God when they're learned, when they're practiced, and we all practice them, and nobody's reached perfection. But they should, every one of them, be represented in our lives on some level. You let the anchor stay down long enough until you're free from the acid of bitterness the heat of anger, the rival of jealousies, the rot of covetousness, the snare of substitutes, and the lethargy of complacency. The anchor holds men against drifting away from the more important things that can be harvested from the sea of life. Noah anchored deep and built an ark. John anchored his soul and became a disciple of love. Daniel anchored himself in his faith and confidence in God and walked out of a den of lions. Aholiab and Bezalel anchored long and worked patiently and crafted the furniture of Moses' tabernacle. Ruth remained anchored and in her great patient gleaning found destiny at the hand of a kinsman redeemer. Great prayer life is not built overnight. Great command of the word of God is not captured overnight. A great ability to fast is not found in the unstable life. Stay anchored to the place that God has determined for you to be. And finally, tonight, another purpose of the anchor is to give rest to the soul. Jesus said in Matthew 11, Come unto me, all ye that labor. Actually, I quoted that wrong. Actually, he said, Come unto me, comma. Really doesn't matter what the reason is. He just wants you to come to him. But he said, Come unto me. All that labor, all that are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Job 34 said, when he giveth quietness, who then can make trouble? And when he hides his face, who then can behold him, whether it be done against a nation or against a man only? The psalmist said, how excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore.
Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasure. The anchor of Christ has brought, has brought rest to many a torn and weary soul. And there's nothing like taking the struggles of life and placing them on an altar. In doing this, we affirm, God, I have done all I can do. I need for you to take it from here. So in conclusion tonight, what difficulty do you bring here today? The failure of a cherished plan, the death of a dream, the sting of sin and loss of hope, the hurt received at the hand of the seeming uncaring, the standard pressures and stresses of life. There's an old song. I don't, I'm not sure Casey knows it. I'm not sure Daniel knows it. Or Steve Bunch knows it. Maybe y'all do. I didn't ask ahead of time, and it's okay. But I can still hear it sung in my ear when I was a child. I've anchored my soul in the haven of rest. I'll sail the wide seas no more. The tempest may sweep o'er the wild stormy deep. In Jesus, I'm safe evermore. My soul in sad exile was out on life's sea, so burdened with sin and distress, till I heard a sweet voice saying, Make me your choice. And I entered the haven of rest. The words go on and on, but I've come tonight to anchor, to re-anchor. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know tonight there's been some people here. There's people here tonight that's been fighting things and experiencing things that you shouldn't be experiencing. There's things that you're experiencing right now that you're really not a match for. As I preach to you Sunday, we strive to build a bridge over troubled water. But I submit to you again, those disciples on the sea that night, they had anchors in that ship. I don't know if they used them or not. But I do know whether they did or not, Jesus came to them in time to save them from a very unfortunate end and from a very significant disaster. And I believe tonight that God is here to intervene in somebody's life. If you just let him, if you would just let him. It's, I didn't come to repeat Sunday, but it, I can't get it out of my head that sometimes God troubles the water. He creates a storm. Habakkuk said that God has his way in the storm and in the whirlwind. He does. There has to be something on the inside of us that says, you know what? I've run out of anchors. I've tried everything I know. I've tried people. I've tried things. I've tried every way that I know how, and I just can't find that place where I can lay down at night and just feel confident that my life, my kids, my family, my job, my everything, I just can't find that place to feel like it's in God's hands. And that's where Jesus said, come to me. But for you to come to him,
have to come to him from the storm you're experiencing. That was the point, Sunday, of the troubled water. Peter had to come to Jesus on the stormy sea. Jesus didn't clear him out a smooth path. He didn't create dry ground on the bottom and said, here, just walk on to me. Peter had to have enough faith that God could hold him through that storm even when he was outside the ship to make it to him. And I believe God is appealing to someone tonight trying to show you the necessity of having an anchor. The path you have chosen hasn't worked. It's not working. And God has an, an, another motive for you. He has another place for you. He has another plan for you. But you have to come to him from within your storm. If you'll stand with me tonight, I think a lot of people have learned through the years. It's that old adage that says, I have to get good to get God. I've heard people say it. Well, when things get better in my life, I'll come. When things slow down a little bit in my life, I'll, I'll come. When, when things get better and it calms down, when things calm down. When I get past this, when I get over that, when I get through this and I'll come, the storm never ends. There's one right after another and it calls for one anchor right after another, right after another. Tonight I only promote one, I only market one, and his name is Jesus. If you'll take that one, it doesn't matter what life brings. You'll be okay in his hands. I can tell you right now that Brad Storms would tell you among all the men and women perhaps he was working with this week fighting that fire he had something on the inside of him that most of them didn't have he had an anchor and no matter what happens he was going to be okay no matter what happens and I'm promoting that anchor to everyone here tonight is Casey in the building uh, can you come and just play a little bit of music while she's coming why don't everybody come and just gather around the front it's it's early if I could just have you come for about five minutes I'll feel better knowing that I've given everybody here an opportunity to talk to the Lord a little while I know our students have just started school God only knows what you'll be facing this year in classroom environments with a student body all the things moms and dads who knows what's ahead of us I just want to know tonight that my anchor my faith in Jesus tonight is holding and it's going to hold no matter what happens we're going to be okay and tonight I'd like to feel your faith tonight I'd like to feel your confidence I'd like to know from you tonight that, that you feel okay that God is alive and prevalent in your life tonight that you feel like if whatever happens whatever's ahead of you that I can go to him and he's going to take care of it. I don't have to depend on someone else to help me. I don't have to depend on anything else. I can, I can rely on Jesus, and he's going to take care of me. While Casey's playing softly, everybody across the front of the building, if you would, would you just lift your hands up here and ask God for that divine assurance? Would you talk to him right now, God? I may have be anchored somewhere where I'm prospering. Someone else may be anchored somewhere where you're suffering. We're either going into a trial or we're coming out of one or we're in the middle of one. There's those three levels that we all live in. 
But wherever we are, I think it's imperative, young people, it's imperative tonight for you to know that your faith in Jesus is going to hold you. Your anchor will hold you. It's a necessity of an anchor. Would you pray just for a few more moments tonight? Would you just talk to the Lord for a few more moments? My heart is reaching out to some people here tonight. I want you to leave here knowing that you have access to an anchor that will hold you. No matter what, no matter what hell throws at you, no matter what life throws at you, it doesn't matter. You have a Jesus. You have the God of all universe, the Bible said. It's all powerful in every way that's omniscient, that's omnipotent. He is the ultimate supply. He has everything that you need. If you'll embrace him tonight, if you'll cling to him, if you'll hold on to him, he'll get you through what tomorrow holds. He'll get you through what next week has in store for you. God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we're able to ask or think. Praise the Lord. Somebody rejoice tonight. Somebody worship tonight. And gratitude and thankfulness that I'm still here because the anchor named Jesus has kept me here. I'm still here. My feet are still steady. I still have hope. I still have life. I still have promise. I still have faith because Jesus, because Jesus has held my feet steady. God has been a faithful friend. He's been a consistent friend. He's been a brother that sticks close to me. He's been unfailing. He never lies. He's always reliable. He's always here. That's my God. That's my God. Somebody talk to him right now. Somebody, would you one more time, just lift your hands one more time and talk to the Lord and say, God, I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. God, I'm giving you all I've got. I'm depending on you tonight because I know you're all the only thing that can hold me. I'm going through a hard time. I'm going through a desperate time. But God, you can hold me. You're my strength, oh God. You're my source of life. You're all that I need. Somebody talk to him tonight. Somebody call out to him tonight. about to do because it's what we default to but there's maybe somebody here tonight that's facing insurmountable odds circumstances they can't control we don't always know who that is and we don't always know the reason behind it but I do know that God does so tonight just to cover everybody I'm going to ask you to just stretch out across the aisle whatever you have to do and grab the hand of somebody else and let's pray a heartfelt sincere passionate prayer for the person whose hand we hold that God would hold them in his hand. Somebody talk to the Lord. I hear prayers coming from every direction. Keep talking to Him for a moment. I believe God wants to speak to somebody. God wants to help somebody. 
God wants to minister to somebody. God, I'm disillusioned right now. God, I'm hurting right now. God, I've been struggling. God, I'm desperate. presence over our head. I pray, God, tonight that we can be literally enveloped in the love and the kindness and the compassion of your presence, oh God. Jesus, Jesus, God bless you tonight. Embrace the person standing next to you. Tell them you love them. Tell them I'm praying for you. 